Also, me, me and Jen both subscribe to the idea that, like, after a certain level of mockery, you have to, like, engage with that thing. So, like, me and her love ripping on Cavalia of all things, which, for those who don't know, is um, Cirque du Soleil with horses. A, a, a variety okay. of media sources have made fun of Cavalia for being weird as shit, and I don't think it not is, because I've looked at some videos, and it's like, what the fuck am I watching? Are these people, like, ten seconds away from fucking these horses? Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, that's a... <laughs> That's how, like, weirdly erotic this show is. And that's how it gets kind of uncomfortable to watch, because you're like, are, are they gonna fuck those horses? Is that what we came here for? What? But so now, we've made fun of this enough that, like, there was a Cavalia show, like, an hour or so away, and we both were like, I think we have to go see it now because we keep ripping on it so much. Mm-hmm. It's paid its due. Like, it's been an ongoing joke for over a year and a half. I guess we should probably go pay to see it already. And those fuckers were sold out. And we're like, ah. man... Now we feel bad for making fun of Cavalia. We wanted to give you money to continue making fun of you, Cavalia. That kind of reminds me of, um, I used to have this dog named Emma. And Emma was the most derptastic, ugliest dog ever. And my family wasn't super keen on her because we kind of inherited her. She wasn't like a dog we went and picked out. It was a dog that was dumped on us. Yeah. And I would say absolutely what, a rotten, terrible. that family winds up with pets it might not want? Yeah. That, when, you, when you're the family with the veterinarian, people are like, oh, you like animals? Here, have this one. No, we don't want your broken animal. Um, so we wound up with Emma because she was my grandmother's dog. And uh, I would say absolutely horrific, nasty, rotten things to Emma, all while being super nice to her. And I it's that like, like, dichotomy that, like... about this before on the podcast. Oh, probably. It's like a part cornerstone of my life is being mean to that dog. <laughs> well, simultaneously being very nice to it. <laughs> yeah, my mom insists that that dog could have won the Ugliest Dog of the Year award, and I'm like, eh, she's bad looking. She's not that bad looking. <laughs> the Ugliest Dog of the Year award, like... It needs to look like it's not even clinging, or like it's barely clinging on to life. Or extraterrestrial. Yeah. The, the iron misery. Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast. Episode 65, I believe. That's what we decided it was, right guys? 65, staying alive. Oh! As always. We decided by committee, it is now a agreed-upon fact. Sure. That's, <laughs> that's how we decide things. Once we all decide upon it, it is law. And therefore, yeah. you must follow it. But as always, I'm Charlie, joined by Jeff and Alex. They have nicknames that Jeff will fill in for you now, as he always does. Uh, Jeff, also known as Invader Gurr, also known as the goalie, also known as the idiot. Uh, Alex, also known as the hype, also known as MC... DJ Horseface, by that we mean the mask he wears on his face. His face in no way looks like that of an equestrian creature. Or Sarah Where are you going with this? What? Or Sarah Where Jessica Parker. Where are you going Parker. with this? Sarah Jessica Parker? Aw. Aw. 
Oh. I didn't call him a diseased donkey witch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, and that escalated quickly. Wow. <laughs> I'm robbing South Park of their joke. But, there. Um, um, and I'm joined by Charlie, a.k.a. Mordak, a.k.a. You may see him wandering the streets playing Pokemon Go. You also may see him shaking his fist at the young... Uh, and you will definitely see him running around parks, grabbing fidget spinners from children and flinging them over buildings. Uh, which is more of a description than a nickname, so fidget punter. There we go. <laughs> that sounds weirdly dirty, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> the fidget punter? You're about to get fidget punched. Punted. <laughs> yeah, we'll put that one on Urban Dictionary. We'll yeah. see where that goes. <laughs> yeah. Where is this one going? Who one who punts people using fidget spinners. No, I was thinking of something else, but naturally. Um, uh, speaking of fidget spinners, actually, I fucking saw something where it's like a superhero that uses fidget spinners as a weapon. He like energizes them with electricity and throws them. I'm like, okay, we've gone too far. This is dumb yep. now. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Only recently, nope. Batman with fidget spinners is not something I am down for. <laughs> And there, you want to know when the end of civilization was marked? It was marked that day. Thank you. Thank you for that. Oh. So, faith in humanity on the decline aside, which is news in no regard. Um, <laughs> Whoa. How were you? How were your guys' weeks? Say, so, you uh, want to go first, Alex? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Go, Alex. So, um, it's been an all right week. Uh, barring some of the craziness that took place earlier today and whatnot. Uh, so, a little bit of a context here. So, you remember that WannaCry virus that went around a while ago? Yeah. Yep. So, I guess there's another strain of it, and it's hitting a bunch of, the, uh, a bunch of areas, and my company happened to get hit with that. So, that was fun. Basically playing... Uh, you know, picking up uh, pieces on that. So, good times. That sucks. I'm so sorry, dude. Uh, it's okay. It's just, the thing is, like, and this is this is what happens when you have day zero exploits that are held on to and then never talked about or, you know, held for malicious reasons, and then people get the code, and then it's gone to hell. Uh, it's actually been a really bad couple months for IT or just technology in general. Really has now that you mention it, yeah. It has. Like, you have the WannaCry virus that got leaked out, and I think that was tied to, uh, who was it? NSA, I guess, had that. Or something along those lines. They got released in a WikiLeaks thing a while ago, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah. That, um, yes, there was some hacking tool that was used that the CIA developed, and it got stolen. Yeah, so that's what, what's been causing that. Um, there's this one, which is a new strain. Uh, and then a couple, what was it, this past week, on the weekend, I don't know if you guys heard, but it was somewhere between... I want to say 14 terabytes of Windows 10 images stuff, plus their source code got stolen. Ugh. Yeah, so partial Windows 10 source code got stolen huh. recently. So No bueno. Not good at all, because that, that means there's a lot of inner workings that can easily be bypassed, because you have source code for an entire operating system. What a great is... time to have just bought a laptop during. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anyone's going to get warranty stuff and get updates for free, you're the one. Fair. Yeah, pretty much. 
So who knows? I mean, considering you know, Windows 10 just came out, they might be having to do some sort of push for the new OS sooner than later because your source code is out in the world right now. Wonder if I can get video editing software to work on Linux. Only safe place yeah. to run to. Kind of hit up Adobe and be like, "Hey, you guys should really start working on the Linux." I have a feeling I think they uh, do that, actually. That platform's about to take off any minute now. <laughs> hey We're Adobe, wh- where are you at on making your own uh, OS? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm sure they uh, thought about it. So that's what's going on right now with with the with my world. So picking up the See. pieces on that stuff. But... Say, so didn't play any video games or do anything interesting this weekend. Uh, what else? Did I... I did actually play, um, oh, I've been playing the Necromancer on Diablo 3, which is fun. What does it play like? Because, well, so first off, are you using classic controls or like the controller-supported, like, adventure or whatever they're called controls? I'm doing the adventure stuff I do on PC. Okay, yeah. yeah. I like those controls. So, yeah, where you can set your own power point stuff and whatnot. Um, referring to? I'm talking the one where you can, like, hold down an attack button as opposed to clicking a billion times a second. Oh, I forget. The controller support click, one. I think I just click everything. Sure. So, um, but yeah, so I've been uh, just playing some of that. It, it, you know, it plays, uh, it plays like an awkward mage, I guess. Okay. Or wizard. But what does that actually, mean? Actually, well, okay. So it basically, I, better description would be it plays like a witch doctor, but a lot better. Okay. So. For example, one of the things that like witch doctors do is they can summon minions and they run around. And they yeah. kind of have their own AI and they stab the shit out of everything. So with the witch, with the necromancer, you have this like for example this talent where you summon skeletons. Like yes, seven of them, I, I played right? Diablo too. I know how which I know how the necromancer works. Yes, but you can tell them what mob to attack at will. Huh. So like you, the, the the passive for that ability is you have seven skeletons that go walk around and kill stuff. But you can hit the active and tell it, I want you to attack this minion specifically. And they all immediately charge over to that thing and start smacking the shit out of it with their swords. How's their collision? Uh, they fly through everything because they're like kind of okay. spectralish, huh. I guess. So right. it's actually, it, it actually plays really cool. I mean, it's, an, it's I guess, awkward wizard because wizards don't have pets. So that would be, I guess, not sure. sense. The better comparison would be the witch doctor. I and like so it, playing the witch doctor and I... I liked it in concept, never felt quite right, especially because all their stuff felt like I was just throwing, like, jars of spiders at people and shit, where I'm like, this is cool, but dumb. Jars of nightmare fuel? Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, they, uh, it actually, it it definitely plays better than the Witch Doctor, as far as that goes. So, you've got your minions, they brought back the golems, they did get rid of some of the iconic stuff, like, you don't have... I don't think you have Poison Nova anymore, but you've been replaced by all this, a lot more blood involved items. Okay. Like, you can summon this giant blood pool of AoE damage you can do. If, so, if you were to assign a percentage of how much more blood, how much more blood is there? A lot more. I need a percentage ban. I'm talking five times, ten times? Like Stanley Kubrick Hallway of Blood. Ooh. And just on repeat, because you're just constantly summoning, like, okay, do you remember, like, Poison Nova? Yeah. Imagine that, but just flowing blood out of you, like, over and over. Oh. Mm. So that's a build that they have going on right now. They have some stuff that's true to kind of the old bone base builds and things like that. Like, is Quartz Explosion cool. still around? Yes, it is, actually. Yes. But 
guess just to give you a heads up, it 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 for the way the meta and the way the game is set up, Corpse Explosion doesn't really work that well. Corpse Explosion never worked well. It was just the best name ever for a move. Yeah, but uh-huh. that's that is still in the game, yes. And there's actually some pretty cool stuff because now you also get to devour the bodies of the demons you slay for resources. So that's kind of cool. But I mean, I haven't gotten too far into it because I'm wait, still wait, trying back to figure it out. For resources, what does that mean? So you know how barbarians have rage, yeah, or whatever they call it. Monks have uh, their spirit energy yeah, and cheat, all that. Yeah, focus or something. Yeah. Yeah. So necromancers have something called essence. Okay. And so your abilities, of course, obviously, like, build up essence. Yeah, it's, it's, your... it's in place of your mana pool. Yes. But um, you can also eat corpses to build up essence. Does essence replenish over time naturally, or not really? Not really. You have to use your consumables. But here's the cool thing. There is a rune in one of your devour abilities that, mm-hmm. as you walk over corpses, it automatically absorbs them. Okay, that's okay. I now get how the balancing of that character works. That's interesting. Yeah, there's there's a couple builds that are out there that are pretty good. Um, it definitely looks like a good contender down the line. There's a guy. Uh, he goes by the name of Riker on YouTube. He does a really good breakdown comparing the Diablo three and the Diablo two Necromancer. Okay. So there's it, there's some good stuff there. Like it, the Necromancers have mobility and things like that. You, you lose stuff like uh, Bone Wall. That's not a thing anymore. But... It wouldn't have worked in the way the current game works, though, either. Like, no. In Diablo, that was the cause, just a blockade to get yourself to space. Like, seeing as Diablo 3, you can, like, weirdly, like, tank your way out of any situation with any of the characters to a certain extent. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's also cool in the sense that, like, um, you have, like, a dash now. Like, a, you know how every yeah, you, character you have that has dodge. sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, now you have a dash thing. Like, you do, like, a blood. Like, the description for the for the ability is actually pretty fucking gnarly. It says you you basically dispose of your flesh, teleport your soul to another part, and then reassemble yourself at the end. Oh yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like That's you discard your metal. flesh. Yeah. It's pretty fucking metal. Like the description is pretty fucking metal for it. Although the so, necromancers were always entertainingly metal, where it's like we wouldn't have magic. What if magic was we have teeth? We throw teeth at you. Oh yeah, they they have a little homage to that as well with the bone spike ability. But it's not like the old teeth. It's it's a little different now. And like I said, there's That's there's good a guy. Teeth sucked. Yeah, it's a little bit more streamlined. There's a couple things here and there, but definitely something for everyone. Like the starting ability for the, because you know how every character has a beginning resource yeah. builder. The starting resource builder for the necromancer is you summon bone spikes from the ground, and you just start stabbing enemies with bone spikes that just keep spawning from the ground. Yep, it's pretty fucking cool. So. Uh, I'd like to see how it does down the line, and I'd love to see where it goes meta-wise, considering, like, right now, there's always the standards every time in the meta setup for greater rifts and things like that, but um, this new update's kind of cool, and for fourteen it's it's not bad at all. The idea of a meta for Diablo always baffled me, because I know there's a PvP in that game, but it's like, no, it's a fucking dungeon crawler. Like, what, like, what do you need a meta for at that point? Well, th- that's the thing. I don't think anybody actually PvPs in that game. Yeah. The meta the meta refers to like the greater rifts and like doing the the dungeons and things like that. So, no, I know, and that's what was confused me where it's just it's like don't fucking suck at your class and have good gear. You'll do fine. Mm-hmm. 
So there, there's a little something for everyone with it. I do like the new Necromancer. It's pretty fun. I want to play it more. Definitely going to do it when the season comes out. But sure. uh, as of right now, it's kind of fun to play around with. When does the like, next season start? Because that might... Actually, I... in another month. Hmm. I think the so, console... I think the PC now has controller support. Where I assume you're playing it because I can now no longer play Diablo without playing it on a controller. Oh, I play it on my keyboard and mouse. That's yeah. what I'm used to. Using. You don't know how great the controller support is. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's it it plays well. I like it, and uh, look forward to seeing where it goes. But I'd love to see where it goes actually when the season pushes. So. Sure. But um, I definitely would like it, and I'm not. I'm not, obviously we're not paid by Blizzard. I'm not. I don't know if you are, Charlie. We talk but, about uh, games that we like on this part of the podcast. Normally, <laughs> like, I'm not sure yeah. what's confusing. I'm going to talk about Destiny in a couple minutes. So, <laughs> but yeah, well, no, the, re- the reason it's confusing is because Bungie is paying us and Blizzard isn't, and Bungie's getting upset. Right. Ah, there you go. I got balanced it out, even though they're both owned by the same parent company. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, it definitely plays well. I like it. And I can definitely see myself dropping some hours in it. But again, at the end of the day, it is still Diablo 3. So, bear that yeah. in mind. No, I, I I liked my time with Diablo 3. Like, I played it exclusively on the PS4 when that launched. and I went from, like, I don't really like the Diablo franchise to, man, that Diablo 3 on PS4, pretty fucking good. I now get the hype around it at E3 the year they were unveiling it. And I played through kind of all of it. I did the, uh, what was it, the Asriel thing, and I stopped playing it. And I was always mm. like, I should go back and play more of that because I think there's stuff. But I've never had a reason to go back because I played the monk the first time through because that's what intrigued me. I'm like, this is a cool class. It's kind of up in there. It's doing shit. It's got some funky weapons. It's got some cool channel abilities. Let's go. And it's like, well, you can go play a witch doctor or no, I don't want to play any of these things. Why? It's not a monk. I'm not like recovering 200% of my health per hit. Hmm. I'm not just like Wu Fang fisting my way through a room of demons. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Sounds it. I... Anything else? Or that's it. Uh, for me, that's pretty much it. I just, like I said, the Diablo thing. Uh, and playing still Legion, of course. So that is still very much a Have thing. Have they supported that at all after launch or not really? Actually, they have it. It kind of plays. Uh, it kind of plays nice. I have to say, I, I kind of enjoy it. Um, I mean, obviously, they introduce some stuff that's kind of just painted as something else. Like world quests are essentially daily quests you do, but um, the new stuff is kind of cool. I like the new raids. Uh, the Legion raid is pretty cool. And again, like I'm, I'm actually to be honest with you, like even if the game wasn't super great, I'm a lore whore, so I like the story. And I like to see. I, I I I like where it's going. Sure. And if like, I'm sure if if you've heard anything about it, it's getting awfully close to. We are going to end up fighting the uh, the Void Lords kind of. Thing. Yeah, like if you're reaching the end of established lore pretty quickly. Yeah. So, you know, like enemies like Cthulhu or yeah Cthulhu or oh, what was his name? He was in Ulduar. I can't remember his name all of a sudden. But, uh, yeah, wow. Considering how often I raided that fucking boss, the fact that I can't remember my name is shocking. Yeah. But, yeah, it's all these, like, Void Lords that are basically kind of waiting to make their move, it feels like, and there's going to be a very Naga-heavy 
because the Naga were corrupted by the Void Lord, I, so to speak. I still think not making the Naga a playable class, a playable race in that game is mm. one of the biggest missteps that franchise has ever made. We'll see where it goes. I mean... Like, as a non-player of that game, I'm inclined to agree with Charlie. I, <laughs> Naga are sweet. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. So, to see where it goes, we'll see. But Like, yeah. I might come back to play a Naga. Because, like, that was one of those things where back in Burning Crusade, it was like, man, you should have fucking added Naga as a playable class. Why? They are so much cooler than the Draenei and the Blood Elves. Next expansion. Man, the Naga are still way fucking cooler. Next expansion. We got the fucking pandas. Really? The pandas? Before the Naga? Well, well. yeah. No, it, it, it plays pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad yeah. they've supported it this time around on like last where they kind of put that thing out and we're like, and we're done. Yeah, no, they're definitely still putting in work on it. Have there been rumors of the next DLC for that? Because those have started surfacing by now, wouldn't they have? The Void Lord. That's what I'm referring to. No, I, I mean, like, have have there been actually any official rumors going around of, like, hey, this is when Blizzard may announce the next thing? I know BlizzCon's coming up and stuff, but... It'll it'll be BlizzCon. We're, we're, we're nearing the end of the story in this expansion right now, it feels like, because we just took out Gul'dan. Okay. We're, uh, so Gudan's dead. We're taking on the Tumus Argaris, so we're actually finally taking on Kil'jaeden in his actual form. Like, not like his spirit form in the, uh, in the Sunwell, but his actual, like, form. So, when you defeat him, we, uh, I guess there's some sort of weird thing where they're teleporting the ship back to Argus, and Illidan is crazy, and opens Duh. up a rip. Huh? Duh. And he ends up opening a rip in some sort of space time, well, the space continuum thing, or whatever you call it. So basically, there's a giant portal that's opened up, and Argus is right above Azeroth now. So huh. the old, yeah, the old uh, Draenei planet, which has been overrun completely by the Legion, is basically in space above us right now. Like, not super far, like, close. So... Illidan is like we're gotta go. We gotta go to Argus and wipe out all the Legion kind of thing because he's nuts and obsessed with it. Yeah. So basically, we this 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 species or group of people, the Legion, who have access to spaceship shit, are right outside our door now. So we're in for some shit. So the big uh, the big thing is that everyone thinks we're gonna go to Argus is the next logical step and they've, take on the Legion. They've and literally home. placed a new landmass above existing landmass. That suggests yep. that, yeah. Yep. And so, after Argus is done, Argus will basically, I feel, is going to be the end of this expansion. And then it's going to lead into the Void Lord, which is what the rumors are. Yeah. So, if we know anything about it, it'll be announced this... I'm, I'm betting, I'm saying it now, I'm betting it now, this year, you'll hear about the new expansion for WoW. What is the cycle on this? It's like, is it two years, year and a half? It's usually like a year, year and a half, give or take. But like, there's been some times where, um, like, for example, what was it? Not Cataclysm, but they've recently had some really bad dry spells with yeah, uh, with content. Like, especially with the last one, which was Warlords of Draenor. Yeah, they went through one of the biggest dry spells in content. People were absolutely 
livid. No, I, how I, bad I remember that. leading up to this, we were talking about that a little bit more, and yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So they said that, like, you know, we screwed up, this and that. They, they admitted it, and so they're kind of taking steps towards fixing it. But yes, it was a big issue. So they're working on it, but yeah. Um, I think they went almost, they went about a year and some change with no new content in Warlords. That's not good. No. Especially considering how much they hyped it up and it just sucked. Like, no, fair, Warlords yeah. was a pretty bad fucking expansion by any, like, by most standards there, so. I remember it had a really cool ad campaign, but yeah, I remember watching it being like, this isn't an expansion. This is. The stuff you do that after, comes after an expansion. These are like the extra story videos you do that expand on it. This is not enough stuff. And I didn't even wasn't even playing at that point. It was like this is gonna piss some people off. Yeah, no, it, it was uh pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. So yeah, that's it for me. I don't have anything else in particular. This is my time to talk. Um, I got stupid sick. Uh, so I think I mentioned yay. I was sick on the last Wait, podcast. Not yay. Yeah. <laughs> Boo. I, I got sick. Yay. I think I mentioned I was sick on the last podcast. I thought I was better. I was wrong. Like the day after we put last week's podcast, I got so much worse. Uh, oh, but I'm, I'm like, sorry for both you guys this week. That sucked. Yeah. I'm on the man. Like it, I never got really, really sick. It was just that hopefully I caught it all last week. There's a lot of coughing, a lot of sounding like I was about to die, but not actually feeling that terrible. It was all in my throat. So mm-hmm. I sounded great, but I'm like, I don't feel that bad. I don't feel great, but I don't feel terrible either. But You need to get healthy for this weekend. Yes. You have yelling to do. Yes, yes, I do. Um, while I was sick, I so you may have noticed there was a lack of video content on the channel. That is because I my computer kept dying on me, so I have bought a new editing device to do stuff on, and yeah, I don't like buying new computers, because every single time I do, I feel like I bought the wrong thing, even though my research was like, yep, this is the best one you want for this type of money. But uh, in darker news, I'm playing Destiny again. Oh, boy. Ooh, uh, because on. I will be fucking so we'll talk about this in the news some. I'll just do it now, I guess. Uh, Destiny came out, and, or Bungie came out and announced, like, hey, here's how you'll be honored in Destiny 2 if you did certain things in Destiny 1. And it's, a, it's some bullshit. It's a list of, like, five emblem things. And when the list came out, I was looking at it going, I only have three of those five things done already. The next day, I only have four of those five things done already. <laughs> Guess we're doing this now. Because <laughs> I will be damned if I don't go into that thing being able to be like fucking alpha player, bitches. <laughs> I've seen Bow and done me. everything. I've forgotten more about Destiny than you will ever know. I remember the loot cave. That weird time period where hand cannons were sidearm, were um, secondary weapons. The heavy ammo glitch. The reverse of the heavy ammo glitch. The week where titans were hilariously broken. The year where everyone but titans was not so hilariously broken. 
I remember Crota's lag-switching tactics. <laughs> I remember when Skolos had a, had a solar burn on it. I remember everything! You've earned your stripes. Yes, and I will be damned if I don't get all five of these things. They are petty <laughs> and juvenile and silly, and I will have them all. So when someone tells you they have a bigger dick, you can slam this down on the table and uh, correct them. It, no, there, there's a bigger one in Destiny, and it's I beat Skolos after the after the solar burn went away. That is the that that is the ultimate bragging rights. That those who know what that means, uh, sorry, I beat Skolos before Galahorn Day and after the solar burn was taken away. Ah. back when it was hard, you had to be a man. Or a woman, not some spoiled child who would just burn and rocket that boss down. And you had to do it, like, for real. And it took hours. Hmm. And if you fucked up once, you had to wipe because there was no recovery. Back when Destiny players were Destiny players and not Call of Duty whiners. But beyond that, um, so because they showed off Metro, the new Metro 30, uh, 2033 at E3, I have been list. I've been reading the new the, the Metro book. It's actually based off of a book I've started three or four times and just never quite managed to get all the way through because, um, well, that book is fucking amazing. It is also Russian, really fucking hmm. Russian. Hmm. Uh, but it. Uh, Jeff, you will enjoy this as a um, connoisseur of plot armor. There is a literal chapter in that book where the main character realizes he has plot armor, but in like the most Russian nihilistic, fatalist way possible. And it's like you only have plot armor so long as you're moving forward. The moment you stop embracing your plot armor and stop like trying to do the thing, you will die a billion deaths. <laughs> Doc Holiday syndrome, almost. Basically. Oh god. But like with extra Russian thrown on there. That's awesome. The only thing keeping you alive in this book is the fact you're the main character, and if you dare for a second stop progressing my plot, I will straight murder you," said the <laughs> author. Oh man. That that book's oh, real awesome. Do I call or do I call out a show right now, or do I not? Go for it. Let's say. I've been keeping up with Attack on Titan, and I just watched the season finale of season two. And I'm like, man, your plot armor is like eight slabs of concrete thick. <laughs> <laughs> when you finally like, or I can't say too much. I don't want to spoil it for people who actually care about that show. I'm like, my God, you're invincible. I'm going to watch that show at some point. Like, that's the best part. of like, That's my favorite part of this book is the main character is like meditating on the fact that like, Man, all these people have died, and somehow I've walked away from it okay. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. I think probably my favorite, one of my favorite moments in uh, a fandom I'm not going to piss off, Knights of Cydonia, is in like the first three episodes, the main character literally throws himself out like a four-story window for no fucking reason, and he just literally just bounces off the concrete. Like, oof, my plot armor almost cracked. <laughs> well so and because I've been reading Metro 2033 
I got a hankering to go play Metro 2033 again. And if you've not played Metro 2033, especially if you're on the PC, actually, and you're a fan of horror games, you should fucking go check that game out. It's That's up there, I think, in one of the most, like, if you don't like horror games, but like the atmosphere of horror games, like, if you're a really big fan of, oh, say, like, Resident Evil 4, maybe you might like this game a lot. Mm. That game does so many kind of cool, soft survival horror things that just make it feel unique in ways other games don't quite pull off. Mm-hmm. But on a separate note, uh, because I've been doing this, maybe look forward to a Metro 2033 and a Metro Last Light marathon in the future. Nice. Game's about nine hours long. I'm pretty sure I can do it in one sitting, and I know Last Light's a little bit shorter, and I, yeah, those games are really good. I didn't realize how excited I was for a third Metro game until I started playing the first Metro game again, and I'm like, Right, after they fixed this game with the second game, this game's really fucking good. Nice. Yeah. Have you played That's that a show? game I always... I haven't, but I've, I think I own it on Steam. I've wanted to play it, but I just haven't found the time to. Make sure you have the Redux version, because the Redux version fixes, like, there were... Like, developers even came out and admitted, they're like, yeah, there were a bunch of kind of glaring flaws in the first game that we just straight fixed in the second game. And then when they released, like, it's called Redux, which was, I think, the PS4 version and, like, an upgraded PC version and stuff. They're like, yeah, um, we put all the improvements into the first game, or into the from the second game into the first game, so now it handles, like, that game, and it's got the interface upgrades. You can turn that stuff off, like, you can play in true Metro 33 mode, or you can play in Last Light mode, which we highly recommend because it makes the game a lot more playable, but does kind of fuck with some of the survival scavenger vibe that game has. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, like it's. I I would say the Last Light version is a little more functional. I'd I'd recommend the Last Light, but like if you want that real like scrounging, not totally sure what's going on, like skinnier teeth feeling through an entire game the first Metro game because it doesn't do certain things intentionally, mind you. Like, the decisions they made not to do certain stuff apparently were, like, no, we chose not to do that because we were going for this vibe. And that does make the game maybe harder than it needs to be for certain mm-hmm. people. It's cool, though. Mm, definitely. Yeah, like, that game in, no, like, in the original version of that game, you like scan over someone else's gun. It just shows the gun. None of the upgrades. So you have to visually know what the upgrades are just shows up on the model, so you have no way of comparing what you have versus what you don't have, which I found annoying as hell, but at the same time, it's like, this is kind of cool, actually. Yeah, I don't know how I'd feel about that one. No, so, and then Last Light fixes that by basically being like, and now a little thing pops up saying, like, here's the upgrades on it. Here's how it compares to what you have. Hmm. Yeah. Right, apparently I own Metro 2033. Yeah. Go into that metro. I don't know I'll ever get around to doing that. It's a cool game. I, I like I said, I'll probably stream both of those in the near future. Charlie's does a marathon style because choices. Mm-hmm. I'll be more solid on plans of that after I get back from this weekend and my life settles down some. 
So, yeah. That's about it. Like, between being sick and trying to, like, salvage parts of, of something with students edited in libraries, so I got a new thing set up, which I still have not successfully done just yet. It's been a busy week of not playing lots of stuff, except grinding out very basic activities in Destiny. Mm. Mm. Awesome. you, Jeff, right? Yep. So, basically, this week, uh, for me, my roommate came back from Belgium. Um, he brought chocolate. It was great. Uh, he gave me, actually, uh, it was like a chili powder-coated chocolate. I have had that. Good. Yeah. And I was very surprised. I've had, like, peppered or, like, hot sauce chocolates before, and usually they just taste like really shitty chocolate and yeah. burning. And this one actually was, like, it started out as, like, a uh, very dark chocolate, like a very high cocoa, and then, like, the burning didn't kick in until, like, after you had eaten it. It was actually, like, really interesting pretty awesome. Um, Other than that, I've been playing shit tons of guitar, and now that I have my roommate back, we've actually been playing, like, together, so I actually have a vocalist, which is first time in my life I've ever been able to play with a vocalist, really. <laughs> nice. Um, in video game stuff, I've been playing through a little more Persona 5. The dungeon I'm on is an absolute slog. Yeah, It that, is so long. Um, that dungeon's got some problems. Yeah, I've talked to... Ch or Charlie knows where I am. I'm not gonna do anything spoily. Um, but there... I've been through, like, the mid-level boss, which was after a run of three bosses in a row before I got a fucking save point, which I was not very thrilled with that. Um, and then they're like, okay, great. Now you can go beat the final boss. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Give me, can we do something else for a minute? <laughs> um, uh, do you have the um, elephant dude I told you to get? The elephant dude? I don't have the elephant dude. Oh, because I do have the paper dude. The paper dude's good. The elephant dude I told you about makes that mini boss run laughably easy because he repels half of the attacks mm -hmm. i mean when you know his gimmick he's still easy yeah he's just long yeah. um that's one of the big differences i think between like persona series and like the final fantasy series persona makes much tankier bosses and they're not necessarily stronger they're just tankier they take yeah kill. yeah um here's the dark reality you don't know anything yet <laughs> Okay. There, there's a final boss of that game is a even bigger slog. <laughs> oh, it's one might refer to that boss as more of a survival challenge than a boss fight. Awesome. Well, I got that to look forward to. Yeah. Um. But uh, I did that. Um, other than that, I, uh, I went and visited my brother in Boston, hung out with him and played Hitman, uh, cause my brother's actually a huge Hitman fan and he bought the, uh, the new one. That's a real good game. Um, yep. And, uh, we both really enjoyed the first level. We, we literally spent like six hours just playing that one fucking level. That's the correct way to do that. Yeah. That's how I played yeah. it. Yeah. And then, um. And we moved on to the second level, and then I went back to New Hampshire. But uh, we cooked, um, or, well, I went back and I cooked. We had different food at his place. But um, the boar my brother shot, I have finally eaten some of it, and it was actually really, really fucking good because uh, it has been ground into so hot sausage, um, and they made it pretty spicy for sausage. Um, 
So mix that with like pasta, and it was really, really, really good. Cool. Um, mm. let's see, I finally finished the Persona Four TV show. <laughs> um, I will say I let or I started out kind of on it. And then it kind of moved into like, okay, it's kind of interesting. And then by the end, I was like, okay, I'm glad I watched yep. this. Um, but that's because it starts breaking away from the original source material much more. Well, that show is also into, like uh, fan service, the game. Or it's fan service, not in like a panty shot kind of way, but in like a, hey, did you love the game? But we're like, it's a wish fulfillment yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it expanded the series in ways I'm glad they did. Um, and also, I don't know if it's just the Japanese was different than the English, but some of the moments they had with some of the bosses were like some of the lines of dialogue were just amazing. Yeah. Um, I have one in particular that I'm like, wow, they what they did with this character is absolutely fantastic, and I can't say a fucking word about it because Alex is here. Um Yep. So did that. I will say though. That the Persona 4 anime, the Christmas episode, is fucking perfect. <laughs> they did that absolutely the most amazingly they could have ever pulled that off, and I absolutely loved that episode. Um, and let's see. Other than that, I've been playing a little more Persona 3 because I am an Atlas victim at this point. And um, I'm not still not very far in the game, but I'm starting to actually get introduced to the characters, and I'm having this weird decision moment in my life to how I want to play Persona 3, yep. and I don't know how to answer it, which is, I kind of want to play Persona 3 and know fucking nothing about what's going to happen. I don't want to look up who I can S-rank, I don't want to look up how to find them, I don't want to look up the correct answers for them, like... Maybe if I run into a boss that I'm having trouble with, I will look up, but literally go in completely blind with this game, which this one, compared to the other ones, is even more punishing on S-Ranks, mm -hmm. which makes that a daunting um, thing. Because like, if you over-S-Rank someone in Persona 4, you just get some shitty endings. If you over-Rank someone in Persona 3, the other characters start to degrade, I guess, um, is what I've read. Um, so there is a piece of me that's like, do I do this completely blind and make this game way harder for myself and like not know, you know, maybe you wind up with this character, maybe they're a shitty ending. Like, and just kind of letting the pieces fall where they may, or oh, you maybe you played a persona you... game totally blind. I played four mostly blind. Yeah, you should five and play mostly blind. You too. should let yourself do a completely blind one, because I if you're going to play Persona 4 or Persona 3 or Persona 5 at this point, like, going in as blind as possible is really, in a lot of ways, the correct way to do it, just because, as Alex can attest, like, it's what the fuck is going on is half the fun. Yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of is. Like, these playthroughs that I've been doing recently with you, like, have been kind of a weird twist of adventures, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Did you guys record more of them? No, because my I've been sick and my system has been fucked up. Okay, because I'm going through withdrawal. Um, <laughs> we probably have about another week of sporadic content or no content, and then we'll be back. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Um, 
Let's see. Other than that, I've been watching some Futurama because it's going away. Um, Netflix is losing their um, or is getting or is losing half of the Futurama or something like that. They're losing yeah. the early seasons starting in July, which is in like two or three days from the recording of this. Two days from the recording of this. I'll uh, be the last day that we can watch early seasons of Futurama. So I made sure that my roommate saw the Snoo Snoo episode uh, before it went away because that is something everyone needs to know. Uh, what Death by Snoo Snoo is. Death by Snoo Snoo. By Snoo Snoo. Oh! I'm happy, but I'm terrified, but I'm happy. <laughs> well, this isn't how I wanted to die, but I mean... There are it kind of is as well. Yeah. <laughs> there are worse ways to go. Yeah. Please, the spirit is willing, but the body is bruised and spongy. Um. So I did that. Um. And then probably the last thing that I could say happened to me this week is the uh, preseason tickets for uh, our presale tickets to go to TD Bank North Garden and watch the North American LCS went on sale. And uh, I signed up for the pre-register for pre-sale, and I got myself tickets. So I will be going to uh, yeah, North American LCS in September. Nice. So looking forward to that. And those tickets were moving fucking fast. Like, I signed in. I'm like, okay, I'll buy these tickets. Like, those tickets moved already. Here's the next best one after that. Like, okay, thank you. Those are gone too now, fucker. Yeah. Um, Why are you so slow with this? Yeah. So, I'll be doing that. And that brings me to the end of my week. So, kind of want to see what the Spell Pub is like right now. I don't know. They're doing it through. Oh, actually, StubHub lets you resell tickets, yep. right? They are the G2A of tickets. Yep. Um, probably owned by both owned by Nikolai. Um, oh, Nikolai. He's a diverse man with diverse interests and diverse businesses. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's got a good portfolio going. If this person um, wants to diversify, I have criminal here and criminal here. Yep. Um, oh, that, that's the best thing about the Metro 2033 game. Everyone has a Russian accent. Nice. Well, Everyone is Nikolai Tracksuit to a certain extent, <laughs> too. Like, it, it's a game of nothing but, like, the most noble, but also most, like, man, we're going to go die now for the worst cause ever and or, no, it's time to fucking run away to stay alive, Russian ever, <laughs> Russians ever. Nice. So that's pretty much everything to do with me. So I guess that brings us to news. It is time for the news, I suppose. Congratulations, guys. We have gags. Yeah. Yeah! Oh, God. Well, so I suppose right off the bat, we have... Remember when I said I'd buy Modern Warfare if it ever was... The re-release of that game if it ever wasn't attached to Infinite Warfare? Uh, uh I don't, but go specifically, on. <laughs> but yeah. That sounds like something I might say. Yes, yeah, so I'll agree to that. Well, you can now buy the Modern Warfare Remastered for 40 bucks standalone. It's a digital download. That's a little bit more than I'm willing to pay for it, but 
at the same time, I'm kind of intrigued. So <laughs> this Modern Warfare Two or the original Modern Warfare, Modern, the original Call of Duty Modern Four. Ah, uh, you may remember it was a pack and bonus that came with Infinite Warfare. Okay. And people like me were sitting there going, "I don't want Infinite Warfare, but I'd love to play that uh." Chernobyl sniper level again. Like I'll pay twenty dollars just to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. No, I'm I'm glad it's finally happening. Hopefully the price will go down soon, but for now we wait. We already talked about the bungee stuff, but like I said, they've unveiled some if you did some so, cool stuff and ah, might as well actually go into the full details of it. Let's see, can I take you back a step? Oh quickly? sure, yeah. Now, you said it's coming out with Infinite Warfare as no, well, right? No, no, it right? came out with Infinite Warfare. It was like a, if you bought Infinite Warfare, you got Call of Duty, uh, you got Advanced Warfare remastered oh, as okay, part so of it. splitting it off. Okay, I got Yeah, you. the issue was you had to have Call of Duty Infinite Warfare in your console to play it. Mm-hmm. Like, you had to go into the game to launch it. And then I think my joke at the time was, I'll just pay, like, $60 if you guarantee me you throw out a copy of Infinite Warfare and I can play Modern Warfare or uh, yeah, Modern Warfare Remastered. Nice. Yeah. I don't know, maybe I'll pick that up at 40. It, it's a lot of money for a re-release of the campaign, but that's that, that's still, I think, one of the best Call of Duty games to date, so I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Moving on to that, to the Destiny news I talked about, the special emblems or tags, whatever the right word is for them, badges you can get are Laurel of Triumph. You get this by completing all the Moments of Triumph from year one. If you didn't do that already, you can't do that now. Sucks to be you. You can get Laurel Prima 2, basically the same thing, but for... Sorry, if you did all only one of the Moments of Triumph from year one, you get the first one. All the Moments from year two or from year one got the second one, which I have both. Slayer of Oryx, you own the Taken King completed a moment of triumph during Destiny's second year. Heard the call, you own Taken King completed all eight moments of triumph during Destiny's second year. So far, these are the ones I had done without even trying. Young Wolf, you owned Rise of Iron Reach 2 and reached rank 2 in Age of Triumph record book. Already done. Saladin's Pride, you owned Rise of Iron Reach rank 7 in the Age of Triumph record book. That's the one I got left, and Lore Scholar, you achieved a Grimoire score of fifty thousand, or sorry, five thousand or more in Destiny One. Hmm. For most of so you, what that do you need you to get that fourth one you listed? I have to go do a bunch of strikes or play a bunch of PvP. I have to, I have to do a combo of both. Is the real answer because it's filling out this record book of like, hey, you did X number of this thing over and over. I. On one hand, I liked the record books a lot. Like, the, the Moment of Triumph system I thought was kind of cool, where it's like, hey, we're going to reward you for doing the big endgame stuff, and like those of you that are hardcore may already have a bunch of this stuff. The issue I had was a bunch of the Moment of Triumph they threw in for year three didn't start mm-hmm. tracking until after you got the book, and it was, no, I've already done that like a hundred times already. I don't want to go back and do that more now that I have this book. It's kind of cruddy, yeah. Yeah, and it, it 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 was to incentivize you to have more stuff to do as the year rolled on at that point, which I got, but it was also kind of a... I've put over a thousand... How many of us? A thousand-some-odd hours into this game? 
at least. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I've done all this stuff. I've qualified. I just didn't wait until after this damn thing came out in the game to do it. But they got me. I'm back in there grinding out strikes and sucking at <laughs> Crucible. I hadn't played that game in six months. I'm like, man, I got bad at this game. There's some <laughs> rust. You'll shake it. I have been. I Yeah, the, the PvE comes back pretty quickly. And the PvP, not so much, partially because the meta in that game is... I left and the meta was in a bad spot. I'm back and the meta is in a better spot, but a totally different map. Like, we've jumped continents and the meta is so different. It's like, yes, this is still Crucible. And and that's kind of the only similarities. We're all about that primary ammo now. We've never been about that primary ammo. Well, we are now. That and Icebreaker. Okay. But, yeah. It's not totally clear when these stop qualifying. Um, with some major events like uh, August 11th will be the last Trials of Osiris, and August 1st will be the final Iron Banner, which are pretty sizable chunks of what's required to get the final one I'm missing. Well, Destiny comes out September 6th. There are some milestones you have to kind of get from there. So, yeah. Yeah, so the, the official report from Bungie is, as of August 1st, the stuff locks. Oh, okay. So Meaning have it done by then, yeah. We got about a month to get the rest of the stuff done. Oh, perfect. Yep, so Alex, get to it. I'll see you on top of the mountain. I Literally, I climbed a fucking mountain to help flush out this card. Mm -mm. I'm mad about that, because that mountain sucks. Yeah, I'll get right on. Yep. See you in Destiny <laughs> 2. Hmm. Well, that's the thing, though. I still don't know which version of Destiny to get. It is not clear, no. I Just get the PS4. <laughs> Join us. The Wicked Few. Yeah. Well, moving on from that, in the... Uh, Things we've talked about and predicted and aren't totally surprised are happening. Nintendo has announced the Super Nintendo Classic. Alright. It, like the Nintendo Classic that came out last year and caused all kinds of anxiety, looks like the console of its namesake. This one comes with 21 games, one of which is Star Fox 2, a never-released Star Fox game. So, yep. That's a big deal to some people. Wait, so they're releasing a new Star Fox game? Not a new Star Fox game, a super fucking old Star Fox game that was never officially released. Like a bunch of um like what would you call them? Indie festivals that have had like playable builds of it, but Star Fox mm -hmm. 2 never actually came out. Mm hmm And allegedly that build that's been making the rounds isn't uh isn't even the final product. So Nintendo's gone ahead and actually finished it. Yeah, I, I think it's been done. Like I, that's the weird. Thing. I think that game was done. Yeah, it just it never got done. released. Yep. Also, the crazy thing is, I don't know if you saw it, but they actually just recently had a picture of the dev team that worked on it. Yeah, having their post like celebration, I guess like bar night or yeah. something like that. 
So those guys actually all got back together and took a picture of like, oh, hey, celebrating our game coming out. Like a release party thing. So I thought that was yeah, kind of funny. Yeah, no, it's... Hey, Star Fox 2 is happening. But so the full list of the games is Contra 3, The Alien Wars, Donkey Kong Country, Earthbound, Final Fantasy 3, F-Zero, Kirby Superstar, Kirby's Dream Course, which is a golf game, apparently, The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, Mega Man X, Secret of Mana, Star Fox, Star Fox, which we've already been talking about. You actually have to play the first level of Star Fox 1 to unlock Star Fox 2. Ah. Street Fighter 2 Turbo Hyper Fighting. Uh-huh. Super Castlevania 4. Okay. I'm bad at reading Roman, okay. Roman numerals, so I apologize if I fucked that one up. Uh, Super mm-hmm. Ghouls, and, uh, Ghouls and Ghosts, Super Mario Kart, Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars, Super Mario World, Super Metroid, and Super Punch-Out. Oh, and Yoshi's Island. Hmm. Oh, and Yoshi's Island. Yeah. All Console right. comes with two controllers. Uh, less games, but one might say better games. Nintendo's been out there promising there will be more of these. But at the same time, this is a limited run. They've been out there saying this is only a temporary thing. Have they put a price tag on this thing? There is no price tag available. There is no pre-order available. There is, there are, sorry, lots of eBayers out there saying, yeah, man, I'll guarantee you one for exorbitant mm-hmm. amounts of money. Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you? St- I don't know if you saw it, but there was a Reddit post of some guy who said, Hey, uh, I'm the reason a lot of you guys couldn't get any. Yeah, I saw. Sorry, there is a um, there is a cost. It's eighty bucks, and this launches on September 29th. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Hmm. It's not terrible. It's not fantastic either. I think I'm probably gonna buy one just because Star Fox Two and. Initially, I did not care about the classic um, Nintendo, and then I couldn't get one, and then I was like, yeah, I could have gotten one, I should have. Mm-hmm. Probably get one and sell it. <laughs> it's, nah, it's, know, this is a cute little thing, it's fun, it's silly and dumb. It's the thing you put mm-hmm. on your shelf, it's like, look, I have a tiny Super Nintendo. Eee. Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm debating on getting it, like, I mean... It does have Legend of the Seven Stars, which I like. And I think doing a playthrough would be a lot easier if I had that. Like yeah. Do it like on the, uh, what do you call it, on, on a stream or something like that. Yes. So that'd be fun. Uh, and, of course, Star Fox 2, because I did like Star Fox 64. But uh, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I don't know. I'm in a weird place about this one. I'm so it, spoiled I wanted handheld. Yeah. <laughs> If they did handheld, I would be in. Like that would that would be a good sell point. Like yeah, or I don't know, maybe release a virtual console for the Switch. You know, your new flagship console. So that's the thing. I part of me does wonder if this is a stopgap or like a hype up tactic for when they finally do release the Switches. Nah, we will see what winds up happening. Mm-hmm. It could be a thing. It might not be a thing. We shall see. Moving on from that, though, to, I guess, our fluffier news, one might say. Um, the Smithsonian is holding an American an event at the American Art Museum. Sorry, that wording. It's going to feature 40 indie games, along with a bunch of classic uh, 
video games, including like Pac-Man and Donkey Kong. It'll be at the Sam Arcade itself. Is I, I don't totally understand what's happening, but it's on August 5th and 6th. It's always nice to see. Sorry, it's called the SAAM Arcade Event. It's on August 5th and August 6th. It's just going to be a nice showcase of current, like, modern indie games and some old stuff. Uh, 40 final games of the 150 total submissions, so it's somewhat curated. It's just kind of cool to see the Smithsonian doing something with video games for once. Yeah, it, 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 it's a nice change. Yeah. And I look Very forward to seeing more and more of this, actually. Yeah, this is good behavior. Yeah. Reward that. Yeah, not much more to say on that. Just thought it was kind of cool. Uh, some to say yeah, on... wicked cool. Yeah. Well, some to say on this, probably, especially from Alex. Uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds has banned over 25,000 cheaters since its launch. Good. Fuck them. <clears throat> is cheating really that rampant an issue in that game? Well, I mean... Apparently, from what I'm hearing, one of the things they did is they were able to delete textures out of the game so they could avoid having buildings show up. Sure. Or certain walls. So that was an issue. But, like, between that, and I'm sure they have aimbots and stuff like that. Cause sure. Because the first-person shooter doesn't have fucking aimbots. Uh, yeah. So, like, I, for one, am happy with them taking on cheaters, you know? Like, it's, it's good. Fuck them. Yeah. I don't know what else to add to that yeah, other than fuck cheaters in an online game like I, that. <laughs> of all the stuff they talked about that game, I don't know as cheating was a big issue, so I was kind of like, really, there's a cheating problem in Battle of Grounds? Huh. Like, I don't think it's been super rampant, but there's some guys occasionally you play with where it's like, that wasn't very likely. Sure. It's especially punishing in player unknown Battleground has a level of, like, survivalism to it, right? Yeah. Um... In any game like that, when you add in cheating, where it's like everyone's running around with fucking sharp rocks on a stick because they've spent the last three hours finding a stick suitable, and then a week creating rope, and then like, oh no, it's not that. Know, no, a month. That's not it. Or, or just follow with the analogy. Though. Okay. But like, and then they spend the next month finding an actually sharp, sharpenable, like hard flint rock, and then someone just walks in with an M16. It feels really shitty to be the person with the stick. You know? Yeah. Mm. Like, the more survivally a game is, cheaters tend to make it even shittier for people that actually ground out their, like, mediocre gear. Yeah, gear's not persistent in that game. The metaphor falls apart a little bit, but... I mean, in general, for, for games in general, not, maybe not specifically that one. Sure. Because I'll admit, I know very little about that game. I didn't play it. It's just a giant death battle, really. Mm -hmm. It's, sorry, it's so much more than just a giant death battle, though, too. But it's... No, it's, it's it, Battle Royale. Yeah. <laughs> it is the tensest video game out there, though, too. Oh, yeah. There are moments you're... Oh, oh. Hype moments, for sure. Yeah, it's it's been like the top streamed game for months now and shit like that too. Like it's it's doing incredibly well for itself for a game still in early access. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of things doing well for themselves, the Nintendo Switch has surpassed one million units sold in Japan, according to Famitsu. Uh this means it has sold roughly eighty thousand more units than 
the Wii U did at the in the same time span. And I almost s- caught Persona Five. I, I said the Wii U, not the Wii. Remember that? Like, remember again? We started saying they're kind of doing weird comparisons occasionally. Just keep that in mm-hmm. mind. I a lot's been blamed on shortages and a variety of other things. Uh, they're expecting kind of global sales by March. Sorry. The as of March thirty first, there was roughly two point seven four two point seventy four million of them sold. So they're not doing terribly, but at the same time, you hear people talking about how hot these things are selling, and either this shortage is real or it's really engineered. I don't know which at this point. They keep saying it's not engineered, but you know, it kind of feels like that because we're still talking about switch shortages. Mm-hmm. It does feel a little bit like this should have been solved by now. Yeah, because it, it, switches don't need to ferment. Like, yeah. Well, and I get it. Like, and, you have manufacturing space and through lines are things. Yep, and traveling things between the locations that assemble it and stuff. Like, there is time that like you don't get back. It does take time to produce a product. Yeah. Um. There is a bit of misconceptions where, like, we see these robots on, like, YouTube and stuff, and they're like, yeah, this thing can produce a part a minute. And then you get in your head, like, oh, well, then any product can be produced a part a minute. It's like, no, that is not the case. Yeah. Some things take three months to assemble a single one of them. Yes, they're building a lot of them at once, so they don't produce one part for three months. Mm. But some stuff just takes that fucking long. Now, you've all those rumors out there, too, of, like, um, Nintendo fighting Apple for manufacturing space. Yeah. Which I find fun. Well, so moving on to our last piece of news, Rust has issued roughly um, 330,000 returns or roughly $4.4 million in refunds. Jesus. So, I didn't realize people hated that game that much. It's, so, it's, it's under the Steam thing where people will buy it, play it for five minutes, and go, oh, I don't like this, and then return it. Like, it's not the lostest of revenue, but at the same time, it is telling about maybe how important that refund system is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, for reference, uh, Rust has sold 5.2 million copies, which is a big deal. And then the mm-hmm. return policy got introduced. And as someone who's played Rust and, like, that game's not for me. It's very much a, that kind of, the game Jeff was talking about, the survival, make that rope, make that knife kind of situation game, which I tire of very quickly to tell, like, my progress to be consistent. Yeah. It's, I don't know, do you think, we're not used to having game returns on a majority of other stuff. How does it feel to have them on this? Like, this is the first truly negative thing. Like, I know we were doing the Firewatch video. We made some jokes about how you could probably beat that game in the time window that you needed to then return that game in kind of situation, which is shitty, but... I mean, it's good people are able to get their money back. I mean, yeah. It, if I had to guess, what probably happens is probably people buy the game, play it for five minutes, go, I don't like it. A game they actually want comes out, and they go, Oh, I'll just return this, get the credit, and buy what I do. Well, you want. Have, you have to return it pretty quickly. Like it's not you can you can't sit on it. You have to 
return it within okay. like what's it? You can play two hours and then you have thirty days or something. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, they need the system and people are going to abuse it. And I think that's just yeah. going to be the the fact of the matter. I'd rather a company or a game like Rust take the hit than like some little indie developer. And I'd say it's also probably more likely Rust games like Rust are going to an have indie these developer, big dude. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, doesn't feel indie. I um like the number of people that have it and like whatnot, like compared to like I don't know some person's teeny little passion project or something. Mm. Again, Rust started off as a passion project. Like we shouldn't hold it against well, the fact that, that game got big over time. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Sure. I, yeah. I, yeah. I don't care that much. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of weird because you've never. It, when they started doing the whole Steam refund thing, it seemed like, ah, this won't change things. But like now that you have actual numbers of like, no, this guy lost four point four million dollars of technically sales. That's a big deal at that point. That is a lot. Yeah. Mm. Pretty gnarly. I mean, it speaks volumes as to, like, the staying power of that game. It's just not really staying. <laughs> I, I I, think it had its time in the sun, and, like, people like me that try it out now, and, like Jeff was saying earlier, coming to that game now is a wee bit complicated because the people that have been in that game have been in that game. It is not exactly a friendly starting community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it for news. That brings us to our main topic, I suppose. Uh, so, Jeff, you kind of suggested this one, so why don't you introduce itself? So the one I kindly kind of came up with was the idea of games that never got a sequel that should have. And the first one that came to mind for me is Harry Potter Quidditch which we were talking about the other day, that is a game that I would love to see a modernized version of that game with up graphics, maybe some added mechanics and like some uh, just general improvements. Because one of the things about asking for a sequel on a game is you're not just asking for an HD re-release of the game you liked. You're asking them to tinker with it and add more to it. Mm-hmm. Which you usually run the risk of them adding shit that fucking ruins the franchise. And it's the, what game do you think would be, you know... If they made a sequel to it, they couldn't fuck it up. Like, the addition of stuff would only be an improvement. Um, And to me, that one kind of leaped out at me as a, I want more of this, I want new mechanics in this, and I want HD of this. So, Um, would you want want a re-release of that game, essentially? Would you want, like, an HD update of that game? Or would you want a full sequel of, like, hey, here's more stuff? Was that a question directed at me? In general. I mean, yeah, I want I want that. I want more teams, more, like, upgrade paths, like the ability to have, like, okay, you have to, you know, upgrade your broom or whatnot, have actual players with um, individual skill trees and stuff, and, like, um, just like in any other sports game where you have, like, you know, a uh, left winger in hockey who has certain level of stick handling skill, skating skill, and like that kind of stuff matters. You want like a Quidditch manager mode almost, like team ownership. Or some of that, but like 
having specific players in which team I pick is actually fucking important as opposed to like, I'm from America, I play the American team. Sure. And the Nordic team, because their, their brooms are baller. Um, I would love just more stuff added into that game. More dodges, more interactions with like bludgeoning and stuff, online play. Like, there is so much stuff they could cram into that game and be pretty hard to fuck it up. That said, they would probably fall into the new category or the new way that they're making games now that I was unaware of, where there's like a storyline of like, okay, you're playing as the best guy. I'm sorry, I would fucking kill to play that game. That would be so dumb in the best way possible. You gonna become the king of the wizards. So that's the game that we need to have happen. I want you to be some like Compton ass motherfucker wizard. You're gonna get up and Quidditch is your way up, man. So I wrote down like a short little list of ones that I kind of thought of. Sure, I did too. Um, you did too? Did you, Alex? Uh, no, I didn't have anything else. <laughs> Here. Let's see. Or can you think of any that you would love, or games that you would like to see a sequel of? Uh, hmm. We can come back to you. I don't want to just like throw you on the spot. Yeah, come back to me on this one. I got, I, I, mm. but yeah, come back to me. <laughs> So the next one I wrote down is Dino D-Day because I want them to add things. Or I would love that game with a story mode. I would love that game with more dinosaurs, more guns, handling better and better graphics. And then hopefully that would also re-energize the community of that game. So I would love for a Dino D-Day 2. Um, what is Dino is crazy... D-Day 1? It is a crazy bonkers little... Um, it's a class-based uh, multiplayer online first-person shooter that came out a long time ago that is a mixture of dinosaurs and people fighting in World War II. And they went, like, all the way to crazy where, like, the different, like, type of dinosaurs you wind up with have, like, if you're a velociraptor, it has, like, a melee attack, which is its claws and biting. But then it's got, like a time-specific machine gun strapped to its back, and you can either shoot with it at range, or you can try and uh, uh, hack at someone, or you have things like, uh, they had this, like, I guess it probably is what, like, the armadillo evolved into that just had, like, a fucking howitzer strapped to its back, <laughs> and, like, they just literally, like, they fully embraced, like, let's take dinosaurs, give them guns, and throw them around. And then there were also humans mixed in as well, and it was Nazis versus the allied powers with dinosaurs. And then if your team was doing really well, you got to unlock either, like, it was a, uh, I think a T-Rex was one of them, and that thing had, like, a huge gun on it, and it could fucking one-shot anyone. I was going to make a joke, a... you have, like, a Saltosaurus Rex, and the answer is, yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. And then they also had, it was, like, a woolly mammoth or something, and the woolly mammoth was a just a fortress that had four guns mounted on it that were, like, fucking, uh, like, turret machine guns, and you had to shoot all four of them off of it to kill it. Damn. Like, like was this, like, a then... Battlefield Battlefront-style game or something? Yeah, Damn. it's like, and then they had, uh, you know, the little dinosaurs from like Jurassic Park 2 yeah, that copies. like would kill people. Yeah, they had one of those with just a um, 
whatever the German hand grenades are strapped to its back. Nice. And the thing had like 10 health, and then all you did with it is just run up to someone and blow yourself I was up. I say, what's it, what is it, a suicide bomber? It is a suicide bomber. Like, Dino D-Day embraced everything that that game should have been beautifully. And then they had a um, an achievement in the game called Bite the Hand That Feeds, which I can't remember if I ever got, which was kill one of the devs of the game in the game. Um, and I would love for a fucking uh, continuation of that game. So I, I'm just Googling some of this to, like, jog my memory. Okay. They had a uh, Triceratops with, like, you know the, like, World War One like, artillery they have to drag around with a truck? Yeah, the big cannon things. Yeah, it had one of those on its back. Um, I know that one of the German sniper classes, you had the ability to, like, use an ultimate, where he would just, like, mark a point on the ground and a pterodactyl would suicide dive from the sky and blow up that point. Um, uh, the T-Rex apparently had jaw-mounted machine guns. Um, like, it was just, it was a fucking crazy game. It was great. Um, so I wanted, I wanted my Dino D-Day 2. Um, and then, or I've got more. Do you want to throw one in, Charlie? Uh, uh, Jeff? Yep. I think there was a Dino D-Day 2. Okay. <laughs> Alright, I want three. Er, well, I want Dino D-Day 2 and the gratification of the most instant of varieties. Uh, maybe there wasn't. I, I can't totally tell. I, I am also doing a um quick search and I don't know. The... the... So for reference, like this was actually a mod, like it was a mod of the Source Engine or of Half Life Two, technically, that made it yep. all happen. Mm hmm. But you go for you know full fledged standalone game in like the Unreal Engine or something. Not necessarily it needs to be in the Crytek Engine. Sure, but imagine if it was. Yeah, <laughs> make it super pretty. I but found you, the Dino you... D Day subreddit. It's people being like. No one's ever gonna fucking see this post, but this game fucking rocks. Yep. It's so sad that the game has such a small community because like it it was really fun when I was playing it. Um Yeah, that's that's the game I want more of. Might have to go back and play it at some point. I was gonna say, eh, we no, should play this. This seems like our level of dumb. <laughs> If you get a copy, I will play it with you, I... and we'll find the one server with three people on it. All Probably nine of all them. hackers. Uh, um, that game sounds awesome. Then, um, let's see. And then the last two I had is I want Assassin's Creed Black Flag 2. Just because I want them to stop making the their version of a pirate game and go, okay, you know what? Maybe uh, Edward Kenway was that much more interesting. Yeah. Um. And then the last one is probably going to be a little bit controversial, which is I want them to make Team Fortress Three. I'm kind of with because, you on that one. Because I want or Team Fortress Two wasn't bad. Would it be? Game was bad, and then being able to do a do-over button and like 
okay, if you want to make different guns, here's your chance. Balance them, and then don't fucking touch them. Well, and don't have, like, <laughs> stats attached to gear now. Like that, that is when I jumped yeah. off that game, where it's like, hey, your gear's important now, but this isn't why I play this type of game. Yeah. Ooh. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> if they did do over the game, I can't imagine that um, they that they would just you know hold true and not fuck up everything. The odds of them just going, "Nah, we gonna fuck with everything." is just too damn good. Sell hats. I don't care if you sell hats. It's yeah. When the hats have like plus two health on them, then I care. Yeah. And when you take classes like the demo man, have them running around with a goddamn sword, like uh. But Jeff, I, how do you know? I I'm... actually like that stuff. Like, how do you know I'm a good demo man? I use swords. <laughs> I it took the most balanced game and ruined it. <laughs> but I mean, that game has been super stagnant for a long time, and like, they're okay. They were in an interesting place where they could have really done a lot with that game, and they just kind of died. Like, they really didn't do anything with it. And now that, like, have you played it recently? I don't think that game's especially dead, man. That game's still very much a thing. Mm, they, they, they're starting to try to incorporate a lot of Overwatch stuff. It feels like. Well, sure. Like, everyone's yeah. just copying off each other's test scores at the moment. Like, yeah. just as a general concept. Yeah, but it's like, it just, it, it doesn't feel like it's its own thing anymore. Which really sucks, because it was for a long time its own thing, which really cool about it but i don't know it's just it's it's in an awkward place now and if they did do a three i'd love to see where they go artistically as well because i mean the first and the second had a big artistic difference obviously different yep. developers and a variety of other things yeah yeah but they were originally going to go with the very gritty s looking uh you know look before and then they kind of just changed their mind <laughs> And it went to this other version where they're cartoony, and it really worked well. Yeah, I like I, I like the art of Team Fortress Two in a lot of ways more than I like the game of Team Fortress Two. I mm. I really love the like introduction videos to the characters. I kind of wish they kept doing more of those, which they did to a certain extent, but not in the same volume, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like where a lot of people are like, oh, the Overwatch lore is so great, and I've always been. It's, yeah, there's something about kind of Team Fortress 2's, like, embracing of how fucking weird it was that I kind of got behind. Mm -hmm. It's like, we could... It very much, or, I say, when it had things like Saxton Hale and whatnot, like... Yeah. It didn't, it managed to be wacky and zany, and then, like, it just, uh, and it, and it had developed, well-developed, interesting characters, but they didn't need to have, like, crazy convoluted backstory well, and like and when they were crazy they, convoluted they were so crazy and convoluted it was ridiculous like yeah it wasn't like here's our narrative it's like the narrative of team fortress 2 two brothers fucking hate each other <laughs> so they hire mercenaries one brother wears red one brother wears blue that's kind of the story hmm Crazy ass Australian guys supplying everyone with weapons.
And he is a straight baller. Yes. And everyone should aspire to be more like him. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I loved kind of the weird stuff that was around Team Fortress 2 because it was that like Hitchhiker's Guide level of dumb. Like, I, I always wanted a single player mode for that game in a weird way where I'm like, man, I want that for Overwatch 2. I'm seeing a pattern now emerge a little bit where it's like, tell me a story of how fucking weird this shit is. Please. Mm -hmm. I want to know. Yeah. I'd be intrigued by Team Fortress 3, especially if it was like, no, this is a direct sequel of Team Fortress 2. We're hitting a bit of a reset button, like we're removing some of the bullshit. Mm -hmm. We've heard your complaints. Yeah. Yeah. That game was kind of the start of the game as a service era, wasn't it? Because most of the updates, or all the updates, were free. It was just like, hey, we're adding stuff. We're going to pay for it with your sweet money. You're going to pay us for hats. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's how they make their money, the hats, for sure. All the fucking keys and shit. Yeah. That sweet, sweet hat money. Mm -hmm. Sweet RNG. War themed hat simulator. I think I saw that in Steam Greenlight at one point, so don't joke too loudly. <laughs> Say that's what we've been calling Team Fortress for years. I know. <laughs> Someone must have just literally ran with it at this point. Well, think <laughs> if there was a Steam Greenlight simulator on Steam Greenlight at one point. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, that was a tad too meta for my taste, but I'm still like, I want to see where this goes. Color me intrigued. <laughs> but that that was my list. What do you uh what do you got, Charlie? I got some weird ones. Uh did you guys ever play the Deadliest Warrior game, the fighting game they made? No. I no, it was I this didn't. it was real quick kind of like it's kind of what For Honor was, except if like every For Honor match lasted like maybe two or three strikes. Uh, the game had some problems, and maybe for honor, maybe I want for honor two more than I want deadliest warrior two. But like it was, hey, we have like a bunch of the best hits from the show. We have pirates, we have ninjas, we have samurai, we have Vikings, and all that stuff. Everyone's got like five or six weapons. These fights are just brutal and quick. And there was something kind of cool about them, where it's like, no, no, the game's not supposed to be balanced. It's really fucking hard for a ninja to kill a guy in full plate mail. That's just how it is. If you can hmm. pull it off, fucking cool, but like some of these fights will feel broken as shit. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, what's the ninja? It's like, what's this character's law? It's like, oh, this character has um, a spear for a long-range attack. That's cool. The pirate has a gun. Say, is there mounted cavalry? Because if not, <laughs> it didn't go that far. Like it had, um, I think the original version had knight, pirate, samurai, Viking, ninja, Spartan, the Apache guy, and then there was some DLC with like Aztec conquistador. And some other people were like, yeah, here's some other ones that kind of play, but are also a little bit different. And, like, everyone felt drastically different. 
but like everyone played exactly as you thought they would. Like it was one of those things where when you got up close to the Viking, it was fucking hell because they were one of the, like they were like one of the biggest and strongest in the game. But at the same time, a Spartan had their shield out. It was like, man, it's a fucking four foot shield. Shit. How the fuck do you get around that? You maneuver. Man, that sucks. <laughs> I'm not surprised that game didn't do super great because it wasn't like hyper competitive or even aimed at being balanced. I always thought it was a cool ass game. I wish there was Is it game. actually? And also, it's a like TV show made game. Yeah, it was. It was based off of I guess a bunch of stuff they did for the show. Yeah. Which it's hard, or which once you say those words, like you better be bringing the world's greatest game to the table because I'm already jaded against you. Which no, that's not fair, but yeah, that is what it is. But you come to me telling me like, oh yeah, we got a new Pawn Stars video game. I, I'm gonna tell you to fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> is this just an idle clicker of you saying best I can do is give you no money and punch you in the dick? Yeah, I know that there's um deadliest catch games out a there couple that, of those. yeah and although they're not technically idle clickers i i mean they're pretty much like set traps and wait yeah so their differences between them and an idle clicker are not hyper significant yeah <laughs> uh i will forever want to burn out paradise 2 i stand by that's the greatest racing game ever made and a sequel to that game that is like the original but with like modern graphics you wouldn't even have to change that game that much. Just make the graphics better, and I'd be like, okay, fucking yeah, I'm down. Well, here's the difference. That would be that's asking for an HD upres. What would you want mechanically added? Like sequel. Um as much as I find it annoying in a bunch of other games, <laughs> excuse me, in a bunch of other games, that kind of persistent drop in, drop out multiplayer with friends could be kind okay. of super cool with that game. Like, if it was like, hey, you've been added to the... Okay, what I want that game to be is Burnout Paradise. It's Player Unknown's Burnout Paradise. Where, like, you <laughs> log into that game, and it's a fucking, like, map the size of the U.S. And it's like, you have joined a game with X number of other players, and you can go about your business, but whenever you're not in, like, a scripted race or event or something... They are gunning for you. And or you are gunning for them. Hmm. So it's kind of like, almost like uh, like Stephen King's The Stand kind of deal, where it's like you're all moving across America, and if you run into each other, bullets are probably going to fly. Yeah, basically. Look, it, the point of that game is to like wreck your sweet-ass car, and like I, I think there'd be something kind of cool about, like, okay, I think I need to get some gas. I go down the street. Oh shit! I think another player hanging out at that gas station. Your eyes have met. And now the battle begins. Kind of situation. I think that'd <laughs> be super battle. cool. Yeah. When two uh, Pokemon trainers eyes meet, they have to battle. When two burnout players eyes meet, they have to kill each other. Yep. Yeah, it's. I I think if Player Unknown's Battlegrounds has taught me anything, it's the idea that there can be real enjoyment in kind of the simplest of game modes in some ways. Like, that, the player on Notes Battleground isn't doing anything new necessarily. It's just doing it on an impressive scale and in a way that's like, no, no, this is it. This is what you're getting. And that kind of rough idea applied to other things I like, like Burnout Paradise, 
I could be super into. Mm-hmm. Especially saying arcade like Burnout Paradise, where it's like, no, you die, you go right back into a new lobby, maybe grab a different car or something, but like it's the point of this is it's like you're gonna hunt down other players, you're gonna ram them off the road, and we're gonna like, actually what you do is you have like random events happen that you have to participate in. And if you survive the event, then it becomes like a race to get like to the repair shop to get tuned back up and shit like that to go back on the hunt and then get to the next like event. That's how you make that game fucking awesome. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, but also I'd be okay with just the Burnout Paradise 2. We made the second we made a sequel to an already awesome game. Maybe a perfect racing game, kind of. Uh-huh. More of what you wanted. <laughs> yeah. Um. God, I wrote this down. I forgot about it. Uh. Me. Black. Oh, the gun game. The gun porn game. Yeah. All right. Never heard of that one. Black came out right before. They figured out how to make shooters on consoles, or like shooters in general, kind of like PC kind it's one of, of those got games it. like Half Life, where people are gonna look back and go, "Some of the, the things you take for granted in games are because of this game right here." And Black at the time did some really interesting things. Like that game had like that game was Call of Duty in some ways years before Call of Duty, except the star of that game was like ridiculous explosions, gunfights, and guns. Like that game was all about like there were stories about like, oh we went out and like recorded all these gun sounds. Like it was the first game to really spend a lot of time trying to get the guns in that game as true to life as possible. Mm. And as a result had this kind of really kind of cool fetishization of gun feeling that like it sounds weird to say but made the gun really cool because like it was the first game where like you heard like bullets clatter to the ground like you went from your m16 to like a saw and it was like okay it's time to fucking wreck some shit you got an rpg and you blew up like in front of a building because like yeah you could spend all that time like like trying to headshot guys but this is black you just blow that building the fuck up because you have an rpg kind of thing like it was it was like an it was a modern action movie of a room full of guns before that trope even started, and it was just mm. kind of cool. Like the uh, yeah. the, the the opening level for that game is still one of my favorite video game levels, where it's like, okay, you start off, it's just a, it's a progression of here's what this game is. This game is dumb. Mm. Like it's like. There are billions of red barrels. Let us show off how cool our explosion effect is. Like, enemies seem weirdly drawn to them. Like, if you're actually shooting enemies individually, you're maybe playing this game wrong a little bit. Hmm. But don't stop leaning on the trigger. Yeah, if ammo is fucking everywhere. Just do it. Do the thing. Yeah, I, I always wanted a sequel to that game. If like, it was so ahead of its time and also so held back by this is how we do shooters, apparently, right now. And like I, I, imagine that game with that same emphasis on guns are kind of cool. 
mm-hmm. with modern graphics and modern sound and modern explosions and like yeah mm-hmm. like have the coked out yeah. guys that do Call of Duty campaigns write the story for that game and look at them and go this doesn't even have to make sense it can be all kind of big showpiece pace moments mm-hmm. yeah Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I, yeah. This is going to sound weird just on my final one. I want World of Warcraft 2. I could jump on board with that. I, I would, like, I, I get it. Like, the point of World of Warcraft is it's never going to end. But I also would love to see, like, a hard reset button every once in a while on... I, I I don't know, like, we're kind of in a weird time period. We're talking about, like, the Secret World Legends, and that game hasn't, like, the stuff out there about that game doesn't make it seem like they did a great job with that. But, like, if you took all the stuff that's holding World of Warcraft back at this point, maybe made the combat a little more active and really, like, overhauled the graphics and, like, tweaked hard on that game and, like, really, like, okay, it's World of Warcraft 2. It's still fucking World of Warcraft. But like it's new. Everyone's back at level zero. Mm. I I could be in for that. Like it's I, I like seeing like hard reboots of things that are super already established. It's kind of fun with it's like okay, everyone's a badass. But we're all back at level one, and we have to crawl our way back up again. Maybe things will there's, be different this time. There's a magical moment in games when they first get released before yeah. the meta exists. No, like, my roommate's currently playing a lot of Gwent. Yeah. And Gwent is slowly moving, or it's quickly moving towards it having a meta, but at the moment it also kind of doesn't simultaneously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because people haven't had the time to just go, oh, this deck's the best one. Or this one's the best one. Oh, here's the response to the best deck. Here's the response to the response to the re- to the best deck. Like, hasn't really happened. Yeah. Um, just because it's so new, and it's a magical little innovative, like, it's the time when you're under like, oh my god, that guy is running the most trash deck I've ever seen, or like, and and things like that happen. It's like, okay, this is where wacky, janky bullshit happens. This is fantastic. Yeah. And the hard reset on that be like, hey, what's the best gear? No one fucking knows. No, like, in mm. the exact example you're using, like back when Yu-Gi-Oh the card game first started, I was super into it because there was no fucking meta. Like, it was all about, like, what deck you could scrounge together with what was available because everything kind of sucked at that point in time. Everything was rare that was good. Like, for about a year, it was a super awesome card game where magic was established and had, like, viable builds. It was like, if you can fucking win with your deck, fucking go for it. And once the meta emerged, I lost interest in it. Like, and again, I played World of Warcraft back in the era kind of before the meta, back in like the pre-Burning Crusade era, back when it was like, man, shit's just fucked constantly. Warlocks are broken, tanks are underpowered, like, warlocks are busy soloing raids because reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it's... I would love... It's like, it's weird to say, but I'd love to see something like, like World of Warcraft that has a really big... Like, I'm tightened the thing they were announcing. I was super intrigued by that it's like, okay, it's a Blizzard MMO. I can get in at day one in theory. It seems to be kind of like Borderlands-y. 
Destiny kind of shootery. I get behind that. Like, there's not a lot of MMOs are coming out anymore to start at day one on, and especially one from a background where it's like super well established. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, this kind of sounds silly. I actually got another one. I'd love to see a Mass Effect 4. Mm hmm. Not Mass Effect Andromeda. I want a sequel to Mass Effect 3. I want to see them try and, like, figure out what the fuck happened at the end of that game. It'll never <laughs> happen, but I want to see the Bioware guys try and pick a canonical ending to Mass Effect 3. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, like, the universe of Mass Effect 1 through 3 is better than the universe of Mass Effect Andromeda. I, again, like, I would kill for an MMO in that. I, there were rumors for so many years about an MMO in the Mass Effect universe called anthem <laughs> yeah maybe a little bit but at the same time i'd like an mmo in the mass effect universe there's some cool stuff to be done there i think mm -hmm. yeah yeah i don't know all right but if my list i'm getting that maybe for actually some fairly interesting discussion yeah you got any for us alex you haven't said anything yet yeah yeah i do actually okay so first and foremost I would love a sequel to Super Mario Legend of the Seven Stars. I think I've voiced that before. They've kind of, that's Paper Mario games are, kind of. Mm, not like Legend of the Seven Stars. It had a lot of RPG turn-based elements that were really cool. So does Paper Mario. Does it? I have yeah. never played Paper Mario. You should check them account. out. Those things are like turn-based RPGs. Oh, okay. I figured it was just like a weird-looking No, Mario. they are turn-based RPGs. Those are kind of what you're asking for. Okay, well, probably not the Paper Mario series, but an actual, like, its own Legend of Seven Stars upgrade with no, sure, Square, yeah. Square Enix again. Well, That'd be cool to up, see. Get Mario vs. Rabbids, that's basically that. Mm. I don't know about that. But, um, but, yeah, so there's... That one, I think, would be a big fun one for me. Because they have a bunch of new, you know, characters they can bring up. Or Nintendo, like, I'd like to see Mallow again pop up. Things like that. So that would be one of them. And I know this is the same franchise, but maybe seeing another one similar to this would be like Symphony of the Night. I know they have a bunch of different Castlevania games and they had them, but like, yeah, like the Castlevania and Symphony of the Night sequel would be kind of Yeah, cool. it's Symphony of the Night is a unique ish game in the Castlevania franchise. Like, I want more of exactly this. I get that. Yeah, that was. Tons of fun. And there was a bunch of little hidden shit here and there. I mean, they're kind of introducing it in a way with that new Bloodstain, which yeah. is why I, I kickstarted it. But I know it's never going to be a sequel to Castlevania, but I'm interested to see where it goes. And considering the original guy behind Symphony of the Night is backing this as yeah. far as working on it, is I'm like, okay, I'm good with this. I, 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 I'm alright with this. So, that would be my second pick. Um, hmm. Third pick... Hmm. I would love to see a sequel to Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. Okay. Why? That was a fun game! Like an actual sequel to that one. What would the sequel be? I don't know. They can come up with a new storyline, but, like, I like that, that setup they had for it. It was just fun. It was just nothing too serious. It was just goofy. 
I don't think that game's aged super great. I don't think that format of age came as yeah. I don't think that style of game has aged super great either, personally. Mm. Maybe I'm romanticizing it, I guess, because I'm picking games that are pretty fucking old. Yeah, I. Well, because they made that HD re-release, and a bunch of people were like, "Once you get past the nostalgia factor for it, this mm. it, it's like this is too much like the original game." And if you're not like playing that game on Nintendo or the older systems, where it's like this makes sense. There's mm-hmm. some kind of inexcusable mechanic shit going on where you're like, maybe this wasn't as good as I like, for the time it was great, but in modern setting, it's got some problems. Hmm. Yeah, like I said, I'm I, I know I'm letting my nostalgia kind of pick yeah. that stuff. But like I, I also agree with you with the World of Warcraft. I'd love to see some sort of, you know, sequel to that. And then of course, you know, I because I like MMOs. And RPGs, if you hadn't gotten my theme around here. Wait, wait, let me guess. Uh, Matrix Online 2? I'd love to see them actually do it right. I really would, but it's never going to happen. Okay, so uh, we kind of delved, delved into ours more. What would the Matrix Online 2 be? I honestly don't know what it would be. <laughs> like, I mean, they would bring back the MMO element so they could actually continue a story. Considering there are rumors that they're going to reboot the franchise as far as the actual movies go, I've heard. like, But again, rumors are rumors. There's nothing confirmed. But it would be a nice tie-in. And of course, like, I don't think it would ever compete with an actual MMO that's established now. But it, it had its gimmick. It was kind of nice. You know, it was a very, it was a cyberpunk-esque MMO in a world of nothing but knights and dragons and goblins. Which was the appeal to it, and there was there was cool stuff you could do in the original, where you could jump around, do the hyper jump stuff that Morpheus does, run around doing karate and machine gun stuff. Like it was kind of, you know, it was, it was it was this weird game that I'm sure everybody else is just like, ah, oh, that's awkward. I didn't even know it existed, but it's it, it's your game, you know. Yeah. So I'm sure they would bring back like it'd be a it, I I would think if they gave it to like Bioware, they would know what to do with it because that was I mean. The story was an interesting concept for what maybe, it was. Maybe, yeah. So seeing if they could do something with it and maybe make it similar to like Knights of the Old Republic without EA fucking it. I wouldn't object to another Knights of the Old Republic standalone game. Oh. Huh. That would be good too. I think that's also on everybody's wish list though. Like Knights of the Old Republic Bioware is a wet dream for a lot of well, people. It doesn't exist anymore. The guys that made those games no longer work at Bioware. Yeah. Or maybe I was... Rep- Sorry, I didn't mean Knights of the Old Republic. I meant... Uh, uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like the, um, yeah. The single-player ones that were like... I think that was Knights of the Old Republic still. That was Knights of the Old Republic. The yeah. new one is... What is the new one called now? Star Wars The Old Republic. There, that's what it is. Yeah. So that one. Yeah, I... I have a couple bubbling up in my brain that are more like... I want... I, in more recent ones, I want a Bloodborne 2. I think that game is awesome. I think it would be kind of cool to see them go harder on the action game elements of that, make it faster. And maybe a little less Dark Soulsy, but kind of keep that Vampire Hunter D thing going on. Mm, I wonder why you want Bloodborne back. I genuinely love the Bloodborne game. Like, that's... I, I genuinely love that game. I don't know what you're getting at. 
like it's weird because this has been a year of I got the sequels I wanted where it's like, hey, um, we're bringing Monster Hunter 2. I'm a fucking real ass console. I'm like, that's the sequel I've always wanted. If we're giving you a Tekken game where we explain the fucking Mishima storyline, that's the Tekken game I've always wanted. Damn. Persona 6 didn't happen this year, but Persona 5 did. 5 did. Yeah. <laughs> Catherine 2. We probably have another like eight or nine years before Persona 6. Yeah. Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne 2. Yeah, there we go. Will it still have Dante in it? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Bayonetta 3. Red running around. <laughs> but sounds like we're running out of ideas. Yeah, sounds that way. Um, do we have any listener mail this week? We do not have any listener mail, but mm-hmm. if they want to contact us, Jeff, how would they go about doing that? If they want to send us an email for us to read on the podcast. Well, the first thing you need to do is you need to start becoming a developer for some kind of PSP product. And then you get into the development and you basically make just the game, the email that you want to have read on this podcast. And then I'll probably wind up buying it because the actual number of PSP games available is that are good is a really short list. And obviously it'll be one of the best games on the shelf, so I'll wind up picking it up and then I'll play through it, beat it, and then uh, we'll be able to read on the podcast. Or alternatively, you can email us at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. What's that, what's that address there, Alex? Uh, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Wickedawesomecast at gmail.com Spelled as it sounds, it's down in the show notes, etc, etc. You know the drill by now. But, yeah, we have nothing to read this week, so before we take it out of here, you guys got anything important to say? Um, hmm. I don't think so, dude. I do not. I guess I got some stuff. Uh, content, normal content, video content. Will resume shortly. I apologize for the lack of it. My computer was in the process of dying, and I got sick of rebuilding our kind of standard libraries for editing purposes. So I gave up. The new one should be up and running soon. And once that's up and running, I will A, go to a Rammstein concert, but then B, get on editing stuff. So yeah, I, I apologize for another week without content, really. But I'll try and get something up. A um, girlfriend games, or maybe multiple girlfriend games for. Crash Bandicoot maybe in the works. Finally putting an old bad joke to bed. Mm. So that may be happening. Uh, Persona 4 will be back soon. Metal Gear, Metal Gear will be back soon. Jade Empire will be back soon. Everything you've come to expect from us will be back soon. Uh, keep an eye out for the Metro 2033 Redux Marathon. Followed probably the weekend after with the Metro 2033 Last Light Redux marathon i i actually want to finish reading the book before i do that because i think the book takes place before the games and it it'd be fun to be able to talk about that some sorry <coughs> it'd be fun to, be able to talk about that some as part of the playthrough so i will post that up more before we get there you got anything coming up alex uh no just casual streams here and there sure. else uh i might hmm I'm debating on doing another 24-hour stream next month. I don't know why. I just 
feel like I want to. Punishment, friend. Well, not 31 hours, because fuck that. I'm done doing that. Uh, 24 still a lot. <laughs> but Alex. At 24, I can manage. Alex. Yes? By the time this podcast comes up, the month of June will have come and gone, and these hands are still red. What will we do about these red hands, Alex? Uh, they have, uh, what do they call that? Stuff that get the greaser, or whatever. No. It's really good for getting the red paint off your hands. Simple yeah. orange. Yeah, that would work great. Or soap. I hear uh, Dove makes some wonderful soap for getting that kind of stuff out of your hands. The bloodlust nah, must be satiated. too dry. There's only one way to do it. <laughs> oh, God, I heard the phrase. You said it, didn't you? Bloodlust must it. be satiated, Alex. The hunt uh, must renew. So oh, keep an God. eye out for Blood Drunk Zero, a.k.a. me and Alex not drinking, but in recorded fashion, getting back up to where we were at the end of Blood Drunk 1, followed by Blood Drunk the Resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> the blood sustains us. <sighs> it's coming. I promise it happens in July. I... I meant to get it done in June, but Alex managed to weasel his way out of it somehow. <laughs> Gotta hurt. I know. I know. <laughs> it's the laugh from the thing. <laughs> it's the laugh from the intro. <laughs> Uh, who wants to take us out? Cue the metal. <laughs>